Did you know you can watch this episode on YouTube? Search for Accounting Influencers Podcast. And remember to like and subscribe to learn even more from the best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. It's another edition of the Accounting Influencers Podcast with me, Rob Brown, and I'm thrilled to have with me today a true a legend and influencer in the accounting world. Sarah Ghosh is the CMAP president. Good day to you, Sarah. Hello, it's great to be here with you, Rob. Sarah, it is lovely to have you on. We've had your counterpart, uh, Corey Ramsey, on the show recently of the AICPA. So for people that haven't come across you and even CMA, just tell us a little bit about your world by way of an introduction. Sure. So um, I'm currently SEMA president, so representing the SEMA accounting body. And we are actually in over 180 regions and territories and um, have thousands of, of members and students that we represent. And we are aligned with the AICPA and you know work with them re- really closely in terms of kind of progressing the profession. But people going right back to basics. I've spoken at a few SEMA conferences. It's a wonderful organisation. What does it stand for and what are you all about? Tell us a bit about your members too. Yeah, so we have a real diversity of, of membership in terms of the roles that they, they're doing. And that kind of really represents the, the pathways that people are on. We're, we're getting pulled into a lot more areas of the business, if you like, supporting corporations in areas of sustainability, technology, all the different areas that, you know, really are really exciting to be in uh, as a member. So we really support our members to make the most of their career progression and, you know, training, etc., to support them. So SEMA is the Chartered Institute of Management Accountants. That tends to be those accountants in industry, in commerce, in in companies rather than in private practice. So we do have a private practice um, cohort of people do work in that area. We also have a large representation in the public sector, which is where I'm currently working as well. So uh, we do have representation across lots of industries and um, obviously charity sector as well. What kind of shape do you feel the accounting profession is in right now, Sarah? There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. There's a lot of external influences that are shaping what we need to know as finance professionals, especially, as I mentioned, sustainability technology. So we are evolving. We're constantly evolving and changing. But that's good in the sense that we're adapting to the needs of the organisations that we support. Evolve and change are not words we generally associate with accounting professionals. But uh, to their credit, the pandemic has showed them to be more agile than perhaps we've given them credit for. How do you feel accounting and finance professionals are responding generally to the drivers of change? I think we're responding really well. And that's part of what we do as an accounting body to give people the tools and the resources, et cetera, to to really expand their knowledge and expertise in a particular area. So that is our strength uh, to be able to help people navigate through areas that perhaps they've just moved into uh, and really can develop their skills and actually be that true trusted advisor for the organisation. That's such a great phrase, isn't it? Trusted advisor. It justified opinion, but there's no doubt that accounting professionals 
are standing in the gap of all the data, the information, the numbers, and the strategic decisions that companies and firms and, and clients have to make. That's right, isn't it? These opportunities are great for us because we can, you know, take what we know, apply that to other areas, and I say expand our our um, remit of what we get involved in as well to support the decision making. You possibly come across the term VUCA, Sarah, that stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity, and it, no more so than now. And accounting finance professionals are very much the guide in the darkness and and getting people through the fog because. There was a day when we could see what best practice was and we could make two, three, five-year strategic plans. They're out of the window now. And what was best practice yesterday is no longer today. So it's fast moving. Yes, absolutely. And of course, data is a, a major part of that, having access to data, making those decisions much much more quickly in terms of you know, using the technology, the AI machine learning, is making that journey a lot quicker. So we're having to adapt at a different pace. Uh, which again is an exciting place to be, uh, but we just need to to have that understanding of how it works, what the impacts are, and also what the risks are as well. One of the criticisms level of the profession sometimes is that they're behind the curve with adaption. In other words, they react to things rather than getting in front of things like AI or at least keeping pace with that. Is that fair or would you challenge that? I, I would challenge that. I mean, if you look at our qualification and the direction we're moving in we're offering people real opportunity to learn about the digital space uh, sustainability um, or pieces around inclusion all of that we're, we're definitely I feel at the forefront of, of some of that thought leadership and you're integrating things like that into the qualification are you now so it's more relevant yeah absolutely absolutely I've got a, a number of people in my team who are on that journey and what they're learning is very different to what I learned when I qualified but it's it's adapted so much and we're continually reviewing that it's funny isn't it how double entry bookkeeping I'm a former high school maths <laughs> teacher and I'm a part qualified yeah. accountant so but it's been ever thus hasn't it at, at debits and credits but we can do that with the push of a button now and it's not about the numbers it's starting to narrate what the numbers mean and getting behind what the automation and the tech can do to be really strategic with decisions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I say it's changing roles quite significantly as well. And we as leaders have to really kind of look at, okay, what will what will the profession look like in five, 10 years time? It'll look extremely different. And we're planning for that. We're socializing that with our membership and students and, and you know, getting them up to speed with what they will, will need to be doing in the future. One of your passions, Sarah, is innovation. And we talked a little bit about adaptability and change. How are SEMA and your people future-proofing the firm to be more, the, the accountants to be more innovative going forward? Yeah, we, we do spend, you know, say that technology is, is um, chasing ahead. Yes, yeah, so it's driving of, innovation, isn't it? Absolutely. And we're looking at actually what does that mean for our, our profession, um, particularly interested in some of the work that's going on around quantum technologies and how that potentially might impact our role. Again, coming down to the speed of decisions, the amount of data that, we're, that we can actually tap into to make those critical business decisions and how that might impact the organisational strategy actually uh, and how they run as a business let me just pick up on that phrase the amount of data it is overwhelming the data points that accounting finance professionals have at the disposal and we we hear a lot of how busy and overwhelmed and overloaded these poor people are in in commerce and industry or in professional firms serving their clients when you have conversations with accountants and you will a lot sarah what do they tell you about workload and chargeable hours and and the sheer overwhelm of the data yeah i mean i think 
for me, it's a message that continuous improvement is not something you do as a one-off. You have to continue to look at ways to be more efficient. Technology is, is obviously a, a key strand in that. And the agility to be able to implement these new technologies quickly, which is falling more in the remit of the CFO and, and finance to actually leverage some of these tools. Uh, so again, it's about raising awareness, um, having those conversations within your organization about actually what could we do in a smarter way uh, and also just also considering the ethics around the data because I know there's a lot there's a lot of questions that are being raised around how data is used the bias that might sit within data and having that awareness as well that is starting to be more prominent in the roles that we're doing yeah I'm glad you brought up ethics we had Tom Clendon on just recently he's a, an examiner for the ethics part of some of the professional qualifications and he was talking about how the examinations these days, they will put a dilemma in front of you that will test your judgment yes. and your wisdom in interpreting the laws and the regulations. And there are some gray areas there. We've seen a lot of scrutiny on audit, some of the, the top four firms making poor decisions and getting hauled over the calls. Just talk about that a little bit and, and the public trust in the profession. Yeah, I mean, trust is the, the kingpin. You know, we are... You, our profession is a tr the trusted profession and we need to ensure that whatever we do work with organizations that is always at the forefront of our minds uh, and obviously part of that is a, a, having the awareness to be able to um, portray that in conversations about being that trusted advisor. Just talking about your role for a moment Sarah I'd like to ask you to describe the the top three things on your agenda right now but I'll do it in this way if you walked away from your job today what top three things would your replacement need to be focusing on in the next 90 days to steady the ship? Oh, good question. Yeah. So, so that's just three areas that I'm really quite passionate about. One of them we kind of touched upon in terms of innovation and how is that going to impact roles going forward and for people coming into the profession, how very differently it might look for them uh, in terms of use of technology and impact. The second one is around sustainability. So we have a really important role to play around ensuring that we are aligned with all of the different regulations and, and frameworks that are currently uh, being rolled out in the UK and, and EU, etc. So having that role to understand what kinds of questions should we be asking um, of the business relating to sustainability and reporting on that. And the third around is around inclusion. So um, very much involved in the SEMA Women in Leadership initiative and obviously to extend that around have, being that inclusive profession. So giving everybody uh, that opportunity to actually start and you've got to move into an accounting finance um, profession. They're three great goals. And uh, talk to us a little bit about your relationship with the AICPA and how you're aligned, because your your counterpart, I guess, in the US would be a Corey Ramsey or, or maybe other people. And it's important that you're aligned on the key things you're working on in your vision. Absolutely. So, yeah, Corey and I are very much aligned on our, th our three themes that we're promoting in our uh, presidential sort of chair years. So uh, really enjoying working with him on those. Uh, so a lot of what we do, I mean, uh, from my side, you know, I'm, I'm going out representing obviously the profession, advocating for those three themes across the regions, meeting with members and students. And he's doing uh, the similar um, in terms of the, the American side. So, uh, you know, we're very much aligned. We work very closely together and we both sit on the association board uh, so uh, Corey is the chair of that I'm the co-chair supporting on that so again really good conversations that we're having around strategic direction uh, let's say where is the profession heading both on the uh, public accounting side and also on the management accounting as well how did that union come about Sarah uh, 
so are, are you talking about like a Korean eye or yeah, kind well, of the, the AICPA <laughs> and SEMA more generally? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't. Um, I mean, so it was a, a while ago when when we kind of came together, um, and I wasn't on the CMA, CMA council at that time. Uh, but my understanding is, you know, obviously we're very much aware of the changing landscape of the profession as a whole and actually how we could strengthen and work together uh, to actually be that leading profession. And I think that is working absolutely, it's working really well. You know, we're the largest accounting body and we've got, uh, you know, say thousands of members uh, now. We represent them and that gives us a voice uh, in some areas that perhaps we wouldn't necessarily have had before with governments and and uh, people to kind of influence more uh, in to the benefit of people working in finance. Just picking up on your term, the voice, accountants are bombarded with all kinds of best practice and wisdom and do this and do that. And you need to know this and you need these skills. Who do accountants truly listen to these days? They listen to their peers. They listen to their profession. Um, obviously, uh, governments have impact on that as well in terms of the policies that they're implementing. Sustainability is, is one of those. So uh, looking at where governments are heading with particular policies that have a direct impact on finance and how organisations work. So we're you know, we kind of have a, a huge um, kind of stakeholder <laughs> influence around us in finance. Well, Corey mentioned in his interview that whilst change can come top down from the governing bodies and professional institute societies, it also needs to come from the ranks and files and the people lower down that are setting examples for individual change and innovation. Would you go along with that? Yes. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very much of the of the view that, you know, our members and students who are kind of at the early stage of the career, we need to be listening to them to understand actually where they see the profession going because you know at the end of the day they've got quite a number of years left in their in their careers and we need to be making sure that we're developing and have the strategy to support them uh in that in that as well there are some stats that say that accounting as a profession is becoming less attractive less and less people doing accounting degrees less and less people going into the profession and even some leakage out of accounting and finance into other areas i don't have exact numbers but is there any kind of image problem in the profession, Sarah, or what else might be going on there? I don't have figures either. Um, I mean, from my side, you know, what I'm what I'm looking at is actually it's an exciting place to be because of the things we've talked about. Getting involved in sustainability is a lot of, uh, sort of younger generation who are really passionate about that. And this is a role that actually will help to shape some of the thinking around it. There's a technology angle as well, uh, the inclusivity. All of those, I think, make this profession exciting. And I really wish I was like 20 years younger and I could, <laughs> I could start, I could start you know, joining you know, on these conversations more and shaping it for for future but I feel it's a really exciting place to be and that's what keeps me engaged and and um, kind of really sending the message and advocating as well and that's so important a lot of people we interview that are on the inside talk about what an exciting profession is what a, a raft of opportunities they have and the interesting work there is a perception of becoming an accountant be chained to a spreadsheet for 10, 15 years. You might make partner, you might become a CFO, but there's so much more to it than that, particularly in the changing world that we're in. And it sounds like you're keen to sell that image. Yeah, yeah. It's about the stories 
And that's something I'm, again, really passionate about because when I meet members and students, they don't ask me about my role. They ask me about what I've done, you know, what's my journey been and how have I got to where I am? And that's what people are really interested in. You know, the linear kind of trajectory for career pathways doesn't really exist anymore. People are taking opportunities to move into different areas of the business, not necessarily within finance, but they might move and then come back again and expand their knowledge of experience because the senior roles require so much knowledge in different areas it's not just finance now it touches on so many other aspects you're a champion of diversity and inclusion Sarah you touched on that you were one of the top 50 women in accounting uh, I was a judge on that but you didn't come in my pile of, uh, oh. <laughs> of nominations to judge but you certainly would have got the vote but champion in the cause of women it, traditionally accounting has been a man's world I'm thinking of the pinstripe suits and the bowler hats and the old days but we know that more and more women than men now are coming into accounting, but not perhaps represented in leadership roles. So is it unusual that a, a female would be head of a, a professional association like Seymour, or is that becoming more the norm? I think there's, there's so many more, again, it comes back to the story, so many more, more stories that we need to share, actually, because we have we have females sitting in leadership roles as CEOs, CFOs, you know, in the C-suite that we need to kind of be sharing across our membership, say, look, here's a story. It's a great story. This is, you know, where you may want to go yourself uh, and be really championing that. We've done a number of panels with senior leaders in accounting all over the world, managing partners of firms, heads of associations. And we asked them the question, what was your journey like to the top and who helped you along the way and who, if anything, put barriers in your way? And lots of stories about, well, as I was coming through the ranks, I didn't see many people like me. And we could speak about race. Yes. And yeah. uh, social mobility and upper class and working class and everything else and just not seeing people like us. So the profession is definitely changing in its outlook. Absolutely. I, I think that's really important. Again, a, a real strong kind of focus for us is on that inclusivity and how do we 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 get to in front of the, the people who think oh it's not for me but actually it could be so yeah it's it's really you know a, a really good message tell us about sarah gauche as a 16 year old did you map <laughs> this out for yourself did you have a paper around back then did you think accountants for me from the very beginning how did you get to where you are um, um, no, it wasn't actually on my radar. I started my career in IT, so I took a graduate training um, two-year program uh, and was a systems engineer for a while. But I was building and, and working on finance banking systems. And my, my kind of fall into the accounting side was to understand more about the technical aspects of accounting. And then I got, well, you know, really enjoyed my management um, accounting, you know, training, et cetera, and decided to stay in, in finance. Uh, I then went on to doing some consulting work and I was consulting for quite a number of years. And that was really exciting because it gave me a, it gave me a chance to leverage my skills, both from a technical and also from an accounting point of view as well. So I worked on a lot of transformation programs and change within organizations. So no, it wasn't on my radar at all. <laughs> I did think I'd become an economist, actually. I did economics at uni. <laughs> but... That doesn't necessarily get you to the board of SEMA. So in your journey to the top, what took it from there to where you are now? I think it was more about the passion. Um, I didn't set out to be SEMA president. It was something that kind of evolved over time. And the more I got involved, and it was very interesting, some great people uh, working across the association, SEMA, CPA, and being inspired by them actually to keep advocating for the profession and getting more involved 
So, uh, but yeah, just a really group of great group of people on SEMA Council as well uh, that I that I work with. So yeah, it's just it's the people around you actually that uh, that kind of help you kind of get to where you uh, you are. So really enjoying that journey. I'm just remembering a conversation with a, a mentor of mine at church back in the day when. I was complaining about how inefficient church was and how some of the sermons were boring and how, why did we do this and this? And he said to me, Rob, if you want to change anything in this church, you need to get on the on the council. It was called the PCC, the Parochial Church Council, but that was where decisions were made. And you are taking a path where you want to affect change. You want to drive the profession forward. You, you have a limited influence in the ranks, as it were. But when you're up at the top like you are with your peers shaping direction and steering the ship, you can affect a lot more change. And that must interest you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that is, you know, again, my passion, which I really enjoy. And I'm also kind of also representing the public sector, given my day job. So uh, it's a really, a really interesting place to be. I'm so honoured, actually, to be in this position, of course, working with the quarry as well, because the time frame is very tight. So 12 months it goes very quickly. Uh, so obviously looking to to make sure we at least you know get some messages out there and start to instigate some of that change. The success of your tenure as president will be measured by what you achieved during your reign. If we were talking in three, five years time and looking back on, we could call it a legacy. That sounds grand. It's hard to affect a lot of change in a short window, as you say. But what would you like to have achieved at the end of your reign? I would like to have elevated uh, the inclusivity piece. Uh, for having more diversity in the profession, that's one piece, uh, to really shape what our role is in sustainability and to make sure that, you know, we've got the the groundings for being real influence in terms of the other aspects around technology. So um, I say it's a very small window and actually, you know, we, we were pushing certain things. We know we we're at the start of some of these journeys and people following us will continue. Uh, but it's really great that we can, you know, we were in a position to be able to do that. How do you deal with laggards, Sarah? People that just don't get the vision. They won't come along with you for the ride. They challenge you at every turn. They want to preserve the status quo. There are a few of those around. Yeah, you get that in every kind of environment that perhaps you might work in but it is about understanding their point of view uh, and also there's always compromise right you either you compromise you can put your voice forward um try and persuade uh but it's about you know making sure everybody is understanding even though they may not necessarily agree with it they understand the rationale for why that decision is made and that is that whatever decisions we we make is for the future of the profession and for people following us the decisions we're making today are not for me you know they're for people who are coming behind me and that's a really important point you know it's not it's going to affect me it will affect people um who are at the start of their careers give some words of advice and encouragement to the underrepresented and the marginalized and disenfranchised sounds like a strong term but uh, you've made it and other people have made it facing a range of adversity contending with so many issues but they are making a difference and we can all do that even the most introverted person in the world will influence thousands of people in their life so what would you say to our audience here on inspiring them to make a stand and make any kind of a difference in this profession for me it's about finding your voice and it took me a while to find my voice I feel when I first started in in consulting it was very kind of felt it was quite male dominated it was quite male dominated so actually working through finding your voice and finding people who are of similar similar um you know uh, background or you know um, 
thought and have the same aspirations as you as well uh, to to actually work together uh, to raise the profile of what you're wanting to achieve. Uh, again, it's about finding people that are actually will mentor you, coach you, ask the question uh, of people. You know, they, they may say no, but actually at least you've asked the question. <laughs> so you think, oh, I'd really like that person to speak to that person or be mentored or coached by that person. Just ask. Uh, again, that took me a while to get to a point of being able to ask. Uh, but it's a really important piece, I feel. That is an excellent point. I do hear from a lot of women, even leaders in accounting, that they've been re very reticent to show any vulnerability, any weakness, to ask for help, to show that they're struggling in some areas. But how much do we need these champions and these advocates to open doors for us and, and ease us into the corridors of power? If people don't know that we need help, they're not going to help. And my other point as well is is about being curious, and that I'm I'm I've got a curious brain. I I just I I love learning about about things that don't necessarily sit within finance, but they have a. It's good to have that kind of curious. Uh, curiousness to find out more uh, and understand actually is there anything else that we can do to help in different areas actually and in finding your voice you're alluding there to your uniqueness because your weapons and your skills and your style and your personality and your sense of humor is different to everyone else's so the way you would lead SEMA would be different but no less effective than somebody else so we can't be somebody else, can we? We don't all want to be Sarah Ghosh, as wonderful as that probably is. We've got to find our own path and our own way of leading. Yeah, it's about being authentic, isn't it? It's about being your authentic self. Uh, and final question, Sarah, what gives you the most hope and excitement for the next few years in the accounting and finance world? Uh, I think it's the people that I'm working with and the fact that we all have the same vision and aspiration for where we want the profession to 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 move to and continue to help support that uh, and also the, the people that are coming into the profession and I'm speaking with about their journeys and how exciting it is for them you know I feel excited for them actually <laughs> that they're you know at the start of their journeys and you can see the lights in their eyes can't you Sarah that they, they, they've not been tarnished or tainted by by the drudgery of some of the work and they are really passionate about the future you're latching onto that it keeps us young doesn't it Absolutely. I learn so much from from members and students that I speak with. It's fascinating, actually, some of the things that they're getting involved in uh, that I've, I've never done in all my, my years in this profession. So it's really it's a really exciting place. It's wonderful that you're open like that. We run speed networking events every month. These are virtual and we invite all kinds of people from all different stakeholders in the accounting profession, from the vendors and the podcasters and YouTubers and gurus and experts to the practitioners and the CFOs and the qualified accountants and bookkeepers. And we get students on there. We get semi-qualified accountants. We get leaders of networks and associations. And they're all in there having conversations and seeing different sides uh, of the conundrum. And it's a bit like a potluck supper, Sarah, in that everyone brings something to the table and you'd bring a tuna pasta salad and I'd bring some crisps and Doritos. <laughs> and You don't know who you're going to have in the room, but... Mm. As you said earlier, it's curiosity. It's having that appetite to be willing to learn from people that are perhaps lower down in the food chain than you are, but you've got something to be teached. Everybody say it comes back to voice. Everybody has their own voice, their own views of where they would like to see the profession go, where they'd like to take their careers. And it's just understanding more of that as we develop you know, going forward. Well, it's been a delight speaking to you today. We really appreciate your time and your passion and your insights. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Rob. I enjoyed it. Thank you. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by 
Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights.